Open your Bibles, if you would, to Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31. It's good to be with you tonight. The close of a rainy day. It's good to be here where it's nice and dry and we can focus our minds on God's Word. This is the last lesson, obviously, uh, in our series on the Proverbs. As I have uh, mentioned several times, I hope you've found this encouraging. I hope you've um, gained a little better appreciation for this book. Um, this is indeed a repository of knowledge, and it's a place where you can go and, um, and read and meditate and think about the wisdom that is expressed through the Proverbs, and uh, hope that's been beneficial to you. Tonight we're going to look at the last proverb, and that is Proverbs 31. Um, this is one of those where I don't have an awful lot to say, uh, because uh, it's right here in front of us. But we'll make a little bit of application and look at the, these wonderful words that are written. Uh, we go here often when we talk about the qualities of a good woman. And this being Mother's Day and a close of Mother's Day, this is worked out very nicely that this is the last lesson we'll look at. It happens to coincide with Mother's Day, so we'll look at that here in just a moment. Proverbs 31 begins with um, the identification of who is speaking here, and this is the words of Lemuel. Now, um, who this King Lemuel is is uh, up for speculation. Some have suggested that it's indeed Solomon himself. Um, and that the words here are the words that Bathsheba spoke to Solomon. Um, not sure that I could go along with that necessarily, but um, Scripture doesn't really tell us uh, anything else about this one other than his name, King Lemuel, and he had a mother that imparted to him some wisdom. And so that's what we will focus on tonight as we look at this. But the words of King Lemuel, the oracle which his mother taught him. So this is how the, this begins. And again, that word oracle there, uh, you might have a footnote that says burden. This is something that um, this one has uh, uh, carrying with him and, and something that is going to be expressed, um, this idea of oracle. Um, as we begin here, what we see at the beginning here is a mother's wise counsel. So really the first nine verses here kind of set the stage for what's going to be talked about in the remaining uh, verses about the virtuous woman. But he begins here um, by expressing uh, what his mother has taught him. So this is the counsel um, from a mother to a son. So let's read uh, the first nine verses here and then we'll go back and, and uh, look at a few things in detail. The words of, the king, of king Lemuel, the oracle which his mother taught him. What, O my son, and what, O son of my womb, and what, O son of my vows? Do not give your strength to women, or your ways to that which destroys kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, or for rulers to desire strong drink, lest they drink and forget what is decreed, and pervert the rights of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to him who is perishing, and wine to him whose life is bitter, let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his trouble no more. Open your mouth for the dumb 
For the rights of all the unfortunate, open your mouth, judge righteously, and defend the rights of the afflicted and needy. So, when he says here in the beginning, which his mother taught him, this is important in uh, establishing um, this relationship between a mother and a son. It says here that uh, these are the things that uh, my mother taught me. And as I think about that, um, and this probably is already popping into your mind, in the New Testament about uh, a mother and a grandmother who had something to do with someone's upbringing. And that is, of course, in Timothy and his grandmother and his mother, Lois and Eunice. So in uh, 2 Timothy 1, verses 5 and 6, it says, For I am mindful, this is Paul speaking, of course, to Timothy, I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And I am sure that it is in you as well. For this reason I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Paul here, as he's speaking to Timothy, uh, knows of his mother and his grandmother and what they did for him as a child. And later on in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, he says, You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them. And this is a reference to what he said earlier, that knowing that this, is, this has come from your grandmother and your mother. As a child, you have learned these things. And, and Paul is uh, telling him to, to remember those things that he has been taught from his, from his youth and to kindle afresh, as he mentioned there a minute ago. Verse 15, and that from your childhood, childhood, which you have known the sacred writings, which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, uh, which is in Jesus Christ. This um, advice and this upbringing that Timothy had with his mother and his grandmother tells us how important it is to instill these things in a child when they're young, doesn't it? And that as they grow, they are to remember the things. Paul here is, is telling Timothy, remember these things that you learned as a child. And how important is that? We can look at studies and talk about how important it is teaching young children. Um, that you get these things ingrained in them at an early age. And it helps them throughout their whole life. Um, I have a special place in my heart for teachers. Um, my late wife, Amy, was a teacher. And uh, it's a big responsibility. Um, but it's also a, an awesome thing to be able to instill in a child um, knowledge that will carry them through for their whole life. And so when we think about uh, this counsel uh, that Lemuel's mother is giving him, um, these are the things which have he has been taught by his mother and he's passing along this wisdom. So in the first few verses here, there's this idea of, of keeping yourself. And the words here are, do not give strength to women or ways to that which destroys kings. Now, um, if, for a moment we'll play this, if this is um, Solomon that's being taught here, this rings a little bit differently and uh, think about what's being said here about giving your strength to women. We know what happened to Solomon in his late years, how he fell away from God and, and, uh, because he followed after many women. But that aside, still the idea is the same here. Um, verse 3, do not give your strength to women or your ways to that which destroys kings. It is not for kings, O, o Lemuel. Uh, so there's the idea here of um, 
not following after women and losing yourself in there. The idea is to keep yourself. Look over in chapter 9 of Proverbs. <clears throat> We've spoke uh, in great detail about men being led astray by women. It's, it's uh, throughout the early part of, of the Proverbs. If you remember back in chapter 9, beginning of verse 13, the woman of folly is boisterous. She is naive and knows nothing. And she sits at the doorway of her house on a seat by the high places of the city, calling to those who pass by, who are making their paths straight. Whoever is naive, let him turn and hear. And to him who lacks understanding, she says, stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. And here's the part that's important in the, the, the counsel here that the mother is giving the son. But he does not know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of Sheol. So losing yourself and following after women, um, not for kings, really not for any man, especially for those who are in leadership roles. So this is the, the wisdom that she's passing on about this, about keeping yourself. Next she talks about the dangers of alcohol. Uh, says there that, that, that leaders shouldn't be submitting themselves to the effects of alcohol. It says there in... Um, the second part of verse 4, it is not for kings to drink wine or for ruler to desire strong drink. And why is that? Because um, they might forget what they have <laughs> decreed. Um, they might make a rule and, and while they're in, inebriated and forget what that was. Now, in our day and age, we write these laws down. Um, and that's what we follow after, not after men. But in a, in a monarchy, in a kingship, they follow after what the, what the man says. And so this is important in this kind of government, if you think about it in those terms. Um, back in chapter 23, uh, this is, uh, again, we've talked about the dangers of, of alcohol. But back in chapter 23, beginning verse 29, it says, Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has contentions? Who has complaining? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of eyes? Here's, uh, again, the proverb writer um, describing someone who is following after drink. He says there in verse 30, those who linger long over wine, those who go to taste mixed wine, do not look upon the wine when it's red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it goes down smoothly, and at last it bites uh, like a serpent and stings like a viper. Just reinforcing um, what a bad idea it is to be intoxicated. In this particular uh, instance now, this is her speaking to her son who's the king. And you don't need to be involved with this, uh, especially as a leader. And, and giving uh, something that might affect people more than just somebody who drinks and gets drunk. We we're talking about someone who might get drunk and then what they say might affect a lot of people. So it's not for leaders, not for anyone really. The counsel here is to use wisdom wisely. Um, verse 8, open your mouth for the dumb, for the rights of the unfortunate. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and defend the rights of the afflicted and needy. Now again, if this, were, if this is Solomon indeed, think about the wisdom um, in this way, about who Solomon was and the wisdom that he had. Now again, um, hard for me really to think that that's exactly who this is. 
But think about the wisdom that a person in leadership should have. They should be able to um, use that wisely and use that wisdom to help those who really need it. You know, their wisdom has a special place. Um, you know, I can stand up here a couple of times a week and, and talk about things um, and affect a few people. Um, but if I were president of the United States and I said things, that's going to affect a lot of people. So the counsel here is to, is to use the wisdom wisely and help those who need it and to judge rightly. And that is spoken of so often through Proverbs, using wisdom in the right way, uh, to judge rightly. So these are just uh, a few things here in the, in the opening part of, of chapter 31, setting the stage for what's going to come next. And that, of course, is the virtuous woman that's described in the, in the last verses of chapter 31, beginning in verse 10. We come here often, like I said, to talk about the characteristics uh, of a good wife, of a good woman, a good mother, a good wife, um, and, and for, for good reason, because there's a lot that's described here uh, about a wife and a mother uh, who does a lot for her home. So let's talk, let's start by talking about uh, this woman as being worthy and trustworthy, verses 10 and 11. It says, an excellent wife, who can find? For her worth is far above jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. Um, back in chapter 18 and verse 22, similar language here says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Uh, a wife uh, in this way, uh, finding a good wife, a good Christian woman, um, is a good thing for us today. One who follows after the Lord, one who um, puts her trust in the Lord. This is someone who is worthy and is trustworthy. She is worthy of putting your trust in her. So uh, this is setting the stage now for what will follow after these things, that this woman is worthy. Uh, this woman is virtuous. She could, she has virtue. Next, she talks about, uh, he talks about uh, how she works diligently. Verse 12, she does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She looks for wool and flax and works with her hands in delight. She is like merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She rises also while it is still night and gives food for her household and portions to her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. From her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She senses her gain is good. Her lamp does not go out at night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff, and her hands grasp the spindle. Think about all this described there, about this woman that works diligently. She does him good and not evil. She looks for wool and flax. Like the merchant ships, she's, she's bringing things in. Um, she rises also while it's at night and gives her food to the household. Just all this um, describes a woman that's diligently working, doesn't it? Diligently working for her household. Um, gets up early in the morning to make sure that the household is fed. Not just her family, but uh, her maidens. 
you know, all that would be living in a household. She makes sure that all that gets done. Um, she considers the field and buys it, and from her earnings she plants a vineyard. You know, here's someone who is, is frugal with her money and the, and the household's money. She uh, girds herself with, strengths and, and, or with strength and makes her arms strong. She's taking care of herself so that she can do all of these things. Sounds like she's got a pretty busy day, doesn't it? But she makes sure that, that she is in the shape that she can do all of these things. She senses her gain is good. Her lamp does not go out at night. There's, again, another reference to diligence. Um, think about the parable of the ten virgins when they didn't have enough oil to go in the lamps, right? She's got, she's got plenty of oil to last through the night so that that lamp can stay lit. Um, her hands grasp the spindle. She stretches out to the distaff. She's able to use her hands to work and to work diligently. And as I was thinking about that, it reminds me of um, what Paul told the Thessalonians. This same idea about being able to work um, diligently, working with your hands. Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life and attend to your own business and work with your hands. Just as we commanded you so that you will behave properly toward outsiders and not be in any, any need from 1 Thessalonians 4, 11 and 12. Now, this is the same teaching here, to be able to work diligently. And why? So that you can provide um, when that need comes along. For her, the woman we're talking about here, this is one providing for her household and those who, um, her family and, and those who would be living with her and attending to her. For us, it's our household and those who come in, we come in contact with who might be in need. If we're diligent in doing what we should be doing, then we'll have those uh, resources to be able to help those who are in need, whether it's putting someone up for a night or um, you know, giving them a ride somewhere, helping them fix their car, whatever it might be. If it's a, a financial thing or if it's just accommodations. But this is why we do the things that we do. This is why we work diligently so that we can have these uh, resources available. But here's this woman, just such a picture of her, um, getting up while it's still dark and making sure all these things are done. She's working diligently. And as we've mentioned, she's, she tends to those around her, picking up in verse 20, says she extends her hand to the poor and she stretches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She makes coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Come down to verse 24. It says, She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies belts to the tradesmen. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she smiles at the future. And then skip down to verse 27. She looks well to her ways uh, of her household and does not eat bread of idleness. You know, here's someone who makes sure that her household is clothed, Right? She doesn't fear the snow. Why? Because they've got plenty to wear. They're not going to be cold. Makes covering for herself. Um, she makes linen garments and supplies the belts to the tradesmen. She, she helps those around her. And then verse 20, 27, she looks well uh, to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. <laughs> when would she have time, right? <laughs> when would she have time to be idle? She's getting up before the sun is up and uh, feeding her household, making sure they got plenty to wear, um, make sure they have plenty to eat. She's looking after um, 
the finances of the house, of the household. She's got a lot on her mind, a lot of uh, things in her day to keep her busy. She doesn't have time for idleness. So she's tending to those around her. We think about um, our application, what we've been told. Um, familiar passage to us in Galatians 6 and verse 10. Uh, Therefore, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all men, especially those who are the household of faith. You know, we have a household uh, too, don't we? Uh, it's not the, under our roof, but it's the, it's the brethren that are, that are here. Uh, the brethren that we identify with as the, the members here at Cortez. That's our, that's our family. That's our immediate family. Our extended family are those who, other Christians in the world. We have responsibility to them, too. If they are in need and we can help, we have that responsibility. That's the household of faith. But Paul is saying here we've got to do good to all men. Our priority is the household of faith. But we've got to do good to all men as we have opportunity. And again, that's tending to those that are around us. Uh, her husband and her children praise her. In verse 23 it says, Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. In verse 28, her children rise up and bless her, her husband, husband also. And he praises her, saying, Many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. Um, this, is, uh, this is now spilling over uh, into others. The, the other, her husband, her, her, her family, her household, her husband and her children recognize what she's doing, and what do they do as a result? They praise her. So this is not just now um, this diligent, hardworking woman um, providing for her family, but her family notices what she's doing. And she brings honor and glory to her family, um, to her husband about being praised in the gates, uh, and her children bless her. She's praised by her family. Um, in chapter 12 and verse 4, an excellent wife is the crown of her husband. But look what the other side of that is. But the one who shames him is as rottenness in his bones. Debbie brought up this morning about those who uh, shame their husbands. And what, is the, what does it say here in Proverbs? It's rottenness in his bones. There's a, a decay um, that, that is in, inherent in that if you continually put down your husband, then that's just going to rot him away. But this woman is not like that. This woman um, is excellent and is the crown of her husband. She brings honor and glory to her family. And this woman is also wise. In verse 26 it says, She opens up her mouth uh, she opens up her mouth in wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. We, we started off talking about teachers and how important it is um, for a mother to teach their children. In that teaching, she needs to be wise. She needs to understand, of course, what, she, what it is that she's teaching. So not only is she providing for uh, the household and and doing these things every day. But she's also studying the Word of God, isn't she? And she's making sure that she knows um, that she has wise counsel, that she is being counseled by the Word of God, and then she can pass that along to her children. 
So in all the things that she's doing, she's still uh, diligently um, studying in the Word of God and knowing where that wisdom comes from. The teachings of kindness are on her tongue. So she's taking in wisdom and she's uh, speaking out wisdom. Goes to the teaching side of, of her. And we mentioned about um, how her husband and her children praise her because it's overflowing now, right? What she is doing is being seen by others, and not just in her household, um, but others uh, outside her household. Many daughters, at verse 29, many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord she shall be praised. Give her the product of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. So not only is the, is the husband being, being praised here in the gates, but the things that she is doing is being, are being praised. So what does that mean? That means that her reputation is out there. And those who know this woman know these things about her. Is it because she's... Um, uh, tooting her own horn? I wouldn't think so. Not in the description that we have here of this woman. I, I don't see any room in there for uh, self-aggrandizement, boasting. I see some, a woman who is diligently and quietly going about her business. But in so doing, she's bringing praise to her husband, to her children, and now she's being praised from the outside. Let her works praise her in the gate. I don't uh, talk about Amy a lot, um, especially from the pulpit. In private conversations and other, I'm happy to talk about her. And if uh, uh, she were around, she would be very embarrassed that I'm about to say what I'm about to say. But these last three verses, 29 through 31, uh, describe Amy. And she was indeed um, one who brought honor and glory uh, to her because of what she did, not because she uh, shouted it from the rooftops of what she was doing, but because she quietly went about what she was doing. And um, I'm quite um, sure of, uh, of her. And I was um, very honored to be a small part of her life. And whenever I read this, I can't help but think about her. And so, um, none of you ever met Amy. Um, but Proverbs 31 describes her. So, a few closing thoughts. A Mother's Wise Counsel, part two. I find it interesting that it's a woman that taught Lemuel about a virtuous woman. And I think that there's, that shouldn't get lost on us about the importance of uh, what this means. It means that um, a woman brings a certain perspective that a man just can't. And I think you see God's wisdom in the family structure that a man and a woman come together and have children. And then the man and the woman raise that child. 
It is, of course, the father's responsibility to be the head of the household and to ensure that that um, being brought up, that rearing of the child is done in the love and admonition of the Lord. But the woman plays an important part in that, in teaching um, and looking after the household, what the husband has uh, allocated to her to do. Um, it's important in the child rearing. So the woman brings part to the relationship, the man brings a part to the relationship, and then they instill that in their children. And um, it's important for mothers to teach their children, and, and it's important for mothers to teach their sons about their wives. And it's important for fathers to teach their daughters about their husbands. Because each one has that perspective. I, uh, you know, I could speak all day about, uh, to my son about the wife that he should choose, but my wife can speak to him and get a totally different perspective on it. Because she's speaking as a woman, and she's speaking about the woman that he should be looking for. So there's the idea here about the counsel that comes from both sides, from the father and the mother. And it's important for both of those sides to be, to be represented. We uh, looked at this this morning. Turn with me over to Titus. Um, We'll close with this this, morning, uh, this evening. But this is important in, in our discussion here as well. And this is obviously fresh on my mind. goes with what we were saying this morning. In Titus chapter 2 here, um, there's, be, there's instructions about um, older men uh, and older women and younger men and younger women. But he says there, uh, beginning of verse 3, Older women likewise are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips or enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good, that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible, pure, workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be dishonored. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound like the woman that we just described in Proverbs 31? Love their husbands. Love their children. Sensible. Think about all the sensible things that the virtuous woman was engaged in. Pure. Workers at home. Kind. Remember how we talked about how the woman uh, had kindness on her tongue when she spoke. Being subject to their own husbands. Giving him the honor that he deserves and the praise that he has as a result of that. Not that he's trying to heap anything on himself, but the praise that he has from having this good wife. That the word of God may not be dishonored. This is God's plan. The virtuous woman, the woman who takes care of her household, uh, she is the one who is to be praised. She is the one be praised. Appreciate your kind attention. I hope these lessons and proverbs have been good ones. Like I said, this, it's hard to, to preach a lesson on uh, Proverbs 31. The, the words are right there. Um, but I hope this has been encouraging to you. Uh, we offer an invitation um, tonight as we do at the close of each of our service. If you have needs that um, we can help you with, uh, you can let that be known by coming forward as we stand and sing to encourage you.